Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Warrior Talk. This is Sean. This is Matt. And we are uh, joined by Sean Adams, the girls' soccer coach at Danville. Sean, how you doing? Doing pretty well. How about you? how about yourself? We are doing great. Good. Excellent. We are doing Good. great. Thanks for hanging out. So you got a Yankees shirt on right now. I do. <coughs> you a Yankees fan? I'm a big Yankees fan. So how long have you been a Yankees? Uh, fan? I've been a Yankees fan probably for about 20 years. Okay. So okay. that I'm that, okay with that that's yes. respectful. It's not one of those just you yes. know they've not been very good the last couple years. Uh, right. Um, the, my favorite was uh, when they won. I think it was 2011, the uh-huh. last World Series. Yeah. Um, they brought in CC, and uh, so I'm a big Yankees fan. So last night was real exciting. Yeah. Uh, first two or two two one games, and then yeah. they came back yesterday. Aaron Judge is an absolute stud. So all right, so you're a soccer coach. So baseball is that your number one sport outside of soccer? Oh, no. no, I would say that. I mean, I'm a. Sorry to interrupt. I'm just gonna. Get oh, no problem. <laughs> I'm a big sports fan in general, so I mean, I uh, my my dad's from Georgia, so I'm a Georgia Bulldogs football fan. So okay. awesome year for Georgia yeah. <laughs> football. Uh, I'm a Colts fan, so I'm limping a little bit, right? Uh, along with the rest of Indiana. It's okay. And uh, I do like the Duke Blue Devils for basketball. Yes. yes. I'm a Kendrick huge Harris. Duke. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm I don't huge, know about you guys. Yeah, I'm a huge Blue Devil fan. And then the Indiana Pacers, local guys. So. All right, big game, first game, first game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I might go somewhere to watch the game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I think I need to speak about a fellow Indiana boy who just broke his uh, leg last night. Did you dude. see that? I guess it was his ankle. Yeah. But it was facing yeah, backwards. It was, yeah, it, it was, was pretty bad. It was. I I was I was I wasn't watching the game. I was just following Twitter and Facebook, and I just all of a sudden it just blew up, and I was like, "Oh no, Dude. what has just happened?" And then the, everybody was talking about how bad it was. So I was like, oh, "I don't even want to see it now." And then I saw it. I was like, Ugh. "Yeah, it's one of the worst." I I I can't remember. Ed McCaffrey is kind of the one. Not Ed McCaffrey. Is it Ed McCaffrey? Maybe. Anyways, Broncos receiver. Yep. A right. Long time ago, he snapped his leg, and that was pretty brutal. But you guys this, remember the um, uh, Louisville. Yes, that uh, was, I think a, he was that yes, Indianapolis guard. Yeah, Final Four. Against yeah, it. and on live TV, his leg just went, yep. and he, it was just hanging. Yeah. And it was like Paul so George sick. is not that oh, long Paul ago. George, oh, yeah, for the gross. Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the game. That's the worst. That's the worst outcome you want for game Six one. minutes into the game. Like, it's, uh, it's just... Anyways, all right. We digress. <laughs> so you're, are you from Indiana? I am from Indiana. I uh, am from Portland, Indiana. Uh, went to Jay County High School, uh, played played soccer there. Uh, had to choose between different sports, and eventually landed on on that. And uh, uh, was going to go to University of Indianapolis. I had way too many knee surgeries, so soccer was not in the cards for yeah. me after that point. And uh, push come to shove, I went to uh, UND for six years. Uh, ended up getting my teaching degree, master's in teaching. Uh, so it took a little longer since I switched. And uh, then I got called to come to Cascade to teach, and I started coaching there. I coached there for four years, and two years ago we won sectionals and, and regional title. Went to semi-state and, yep. and played Evansville Modern Day, and then uh, last year I jumped ship and came here to Danville. <laughs> well, welcome. We are yes, glad. Yes, we're glad you did. Thank so you. So what do you teach here at Danville? Biology and earth-based science. Yeah. Okay. Sciences. Cool. Very cool. And you have a family? I do. I have a wife, Jordan. Been married for three and a half years. I have a son, Jace, who turns three in January, and Hadley is one. She just turned one in September. 
Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, crazy, crazy part of my life. <laughs> How do you find the, the balance uh, between teaching, coaching, and being husband, dad? It's tough. It's tough, especially especially during soccer season. Um, and because we, I go all out. I mean, that's kind of how I am in general. So I hate to do things half-hearted. Right. And so I go full force. And so a lot of times I come home, got a grade and stuff. And sometimes right. the family does uh, come take a back seat. And yeah. so they're she, my wife is really supportive. Uh, she gets frustrated at times, as you can imagine. Yeah. But uh, as any coach, coach's spouse. But uh, it, I try to make it work. But it's not easy for right. sure. So. Uh... Talk to me about coaching. Like, did you did you ever dream about coaching when you were playing? When you kind of realized your career was over as a player? I think it was a thought of mine. I mean, I was going to be a physician's assistant, and I went three years, and I changed the end of my junior year, and ended up going into education. Mm-hmm. And when I started, that's when I thought, okay, one day I'm going to coach boys soccer. Okay. And uh, after my first year. Andy Elkins was the AD at Cascade, and he called me and said, hey, a uh, previous girls coach gave me a call. She was resigning today. We need a coach. It was June, so they're looking to do workouts right. and whatnot, and uh, we would like for you to consider being our coach. And I had to tell him I need to call you back because I couldn't imagine coaching 20-some girls. Right. <laughs> girls are... They're you different. Know. Yeah, yeah. They're thank different. you, thank you, thank you. And so, yeah, it's just something I didn't think I want to do, and I, I, I accepted it with the intention of one day then taking over the Cascade boys position. Right. When that opened up, and a couple of years down the road, I, you know, I, I look back and I could never do that. Even after the first season, it was like I don't think I, now with just seeing the, how they how they play, how they uh, girls tend to be more needy, but they listen a lot better. Yeah. And boys tend to. Uh, be a lot more bullheaded, so they're willing to talk back right. and to argue. But uh, the, I think the play is a lot faster. I mean, any sport right. when you compare. So, um, but just being around the girls and, and having that first year experience, I don't think now I could ever jump awesome. ship. Well, I know that we're pretty grateful. I mean, you had a pretty great season sure. this year. Uh, did you expect that? Uh, to, to expect what we had, no. I think we had probably a fairy tale season uh, to to win to only lose two games. One in Brownsburg and one in uh, the regional. Uh, I could have never even have dreamt that or written it up. Right. The best case scenario would have not been that good. Right. And uh, having all the injuries and still having it just right. just means that everything just fell just perfectly. Right. So did, so I guess was it kind of like a game by game basis? We'll just take it game by game, or was like the the expectation? Hey, let's conference. You know, kind of start small and build towards it. Or what was, what was the team goal, I guess, at the beginning of the season? So, as you guys know, when you hit with soccer especially, you play a lot of different level of teams, and our conference is not the highest level that we play. And so the, the goal always is to win conference and then try and get better and compete against those, those bigger teams, right. Mooresville, Plainfield, right, Brownsburg. Teams, right. Exactly. Uh, we played uh, Decatur. We played Covenant Christian, which is a, a tough private school. Uh, Lafayette Jeff right and so it's a it's a tough stretch and the beginning of the season is just always you know let's try and get some games whatever happens happens we we go out to attempt to win every game we're going to try and win every game but we know that that it's going to be tough to do well I know uh, my wife she played soccer at Danville and you know when you beat Plainfield and stuff like that she's like you could just tell it was a very sense of pride for her mm-hmm. it's like you don't see Danville beat Plainfield in girls soccer so 
I mean, just know that like that's an amazing accomplishment for for the team and the program, right. especially to build off. Of. Right, and we we I mean, this year beating Mooresville and Plainfield, from what I understand, has has never happened before. And t- speaking of that, I am uh, I have re- been reaching out to a lot of people. I just posted on. Uh, Danville Chatter last night. She found to, it. She knew she was uh-huh. she was looking at it. And I am uh, trying to put that together a record book. And so I have each coach from the beginning year in 1995. Um, and so I'm trying to put together the records and see what you know uh, team records and then right. individual records. You know goals, right. assists, right, and saves and whatnot. I mean, can we assume that Deckard is going to be the goals leader for maybe the rest of history? In uh, no. Uh, Stephanie Birdsall was an absolute stud here. Really? Uh, Mike yes, Birdsall's daughter. Yeah. She has 100, I believe, don't quote me on this, 142 goals. And she has, and I just put it together today, like 313 or th- some points. Okay. And fifth, like 56 assists. Interesting. Uh huh. So okay. she was the real deal. Well, that's good to know. We didn't, we weren't really. I know. I think, I, I think a lot of people, especially this particular season, got a, got, uh, used to what Maddie was doing this year and I guess we got caught up in the moment I yeah. guess with her and kind of forgot right you know some of the players have passed your four seniors it's not a lot but I feel like they're high impact seniors what kind of imprint do you think those seniors made on your program uh big I mean you look at uh Caitlin Dumontel was never a goalie and uh we put her in goal to see how it would go in comparison with what we had that my first year. And uh, she improved greatly. And her height, I think, won right. us a lot of games. Right. Or saved a lot of goals, at least. Right. Just her height in general. And uh, so she's huge. Uh, Mallory Barnhart has had a rough go. She's been hurt every single year, or her numbers would be a lot higher. Uh, but she is, is probably the most aggressive player out in mm-hmm. the field. And so uh, talk about the, the Frankfurt win. Uh, in sectionals, we were down. Uh, we were down a goal. Uh, going, uh, Maddie scored the first goal in the first like minute, and then they scored two. It was two one, and then Mallory Barnhart scored on a couple free kicks, uh, which without awesome. her we awesome. win the one sectionals. Yeah. Um, Claire Perkins is more just uh, I think an, an emotional and uh, verbal leader. She's uplifting and she's like the mom. And yeah. so, you know, that's that's kind right. of important. Someone that can get the girls to, hey, chill, listen, right. stop doing what you're doing, right. you know, talk on their level. And then Ashlyn Eisenhart, uh, I did not expect to be a starter this year. And uh, she's just really small. <laughs> and uh, but she came out and was super aggressive and ended up being our outside back. And a lot of teams, and myself included, I would do the same thing. If you see a, a weak defender, you're going to tell your, your team to attack that side. Right. And I think a lot of times they would attack, but her speed, and she was not afraid to take a hit. Right. Um, so those four are very important. Uh, next year, Amanda Eiley will have to take over at goal, so she's got some work to do. Uh, we also have a, a few girls coming up that are MRL players mm-hmm. from uh, uh, in the eighth grade who will hopefully help to fill some of those holes. Right. And then our, our couple of bench players would, would also uh, hopefully be able to step up Uh, we're not really deep and so that's kind of the goal in the off season is to get those to get that 14 15 16th 17th person to where i'm comfortable enough to put them out on the field right because that's where it it becomes an issue is do you think you compete with all those teams that we competed with this year to to you feel like your bench though i mean it it might not have had the depth that you want it but they seem to kind of rise to the occasion through those injuries sure so uh injury wise we uh, the first five games, we had our whole entire team. And then for the next 10 games, we had at least uh, Maddie Deckard, Sarah Guype, 
uh, Mallory Barnhart one or two of them out every single of those next right. 10 games. And I would, you know, arguably, at least for offense, say that they are three strongest players. Right. And so, again, if you would have told me that at the end of the season that I've had all these players out and we were going to go 17-2-1, I said, you're probably crazy. Right. If, I mean, you know, we 500 maybe right. at that point. So we've had, uh, like, Charity Oliver has really stepped yeah. up. Uh, she she kind of surprises you. She, you don't think she's going to be that uh, aggressive, and, and she just comes through right. uh, very uh, – uh, Admirably, and so also, um, I'm, I'm, I'm Sydney Thurston also was to come on. So, this was a which uh, is his niece, it's actually my niece. Yes. Oh, okay, so, so I, I wasn't gonna say anything, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> that's all right. So. Um, so she filled in some minutes this, this year, too, and she's one, uh, not afraid to run through the ball, and that's uh, one of our weakest points yeah. is the aggression. Yeah. And you know, I, I had that at Cascade, too. It's just uh, when you play against a physical team, right. they might beat you not just because they're better at soccer, because they're just right. more physical and push you off the ball and win the ball and get the ball down. On the our end of the, the field. Yeah, I, that would be a great conversation for you to me and to have uh, off off the air on how we can build more physical teams going yeah. forward in the future. Agreed. Um, so how how much did your your history at Cascade, especially that year when you guys ran to semi state, how much did that help you this year? Um, I understand one thing that. We're not the Avons and Brownsburgs. We don't have uh, a whole team or two teams worth of girls that play club soccer. Right. And so you can't expect the talent that they have. So if you cannot beat them with talent, you have to beat them with athleticism. You have to be able to compete that way. If you're not athletes, then you're not going to be able to compete in any sport. Uh, right. So, you know, I think that the Avons and Brownsburg have, have both uh, a lot of travel players and they have a, a, a lot of athletes. Right. And so I know that to, to be able to compete – with the teams that we need to compete with, we have to be the best athletes. And I right. think that's something that I kind of uh, i am good at getting my team prepared is, is athletically. Mm -hmm. So then you feel like because you've been to the sectional final, like do you feel like you had an edge, like knowing how to get your team prepared mentally um, for, I mean, really, I mean, congrats again because you're the first winners of the sectional title for Danville School History for the girls' soccer you feel like having that under your belt already prepared you? Um, I don't think necessarily because every team is different and the competition is very different. And I will say that I saw the beginning of the off season that we had teams that were getting better in our conference. Right. Um, Tri-West, not so much. Crawfordsville, not so much. But Lebanon and Frankfurt and North Montgomery have stepped up. Right. They had the best uh, seasons in program history, all three of them. Right. I think as right. far as wins go, right. and um, they were they had closed the gap between us and them, and so I knew it was going to be more challenging. And I think it was more challenging because knowing that we didn't have to just beat these teams once, but since the, the realignment, we're going right. to beat these teams again. So they right. had uh, more chance to prepare. So I don't think the previous section really gave me any advantage over okay. anybody. Are you happy with those sectional realignment? Obviously, <laughs> that, that's a pretty know. silly question. I mean, I to 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 when I was hired on, and you know, just saying how it was when I sat down my interview, I was basically told, "Hey, when you uh, when you coach this team, you anticipate that expect that every year you're going to do pretty good in in, in conference. You might right. win it, you might get second, you might get third, uh, but when you play in sectionals, you're you're never going to be successful there." Right. You were going to get your your head caved in, basically, is what right. what I was told. Exact words, and you know, I accepted it. Um, I thought it was a great opportunity, 
and uh, I just looked to be able to compete with some of them. And that last year we we tied Mooresville twice, lost to him both times in PKs, and uh, that happened at the the sectional level. So I think that that right there, that experience, that and then the Tri West loss in in sudden death PKs yeah. was what. Uh, made us grow the most yeah. and so we got in that position again this yeah. year against Lebanon right. and uh, we practiced and practiced and practiced and built confidence and uh, you know Sarah Guy right. had two misses last year and so for her to make that was just huge for the entire team once she made it I think we all kind of knew that it was looking pretty good right and so the 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 hurt and the disappointment last year I think really helped us to grow this year to be able to be more successful in the areas that we we lacked out last year so when you hear that like hey you're probably not going to win sectional here maybe second or third or something like that when you hear that prior to you know the whole sectional realignment third class and stuff like that as a competitor does that like drive you even more to be like i'm i'm going to prove these guys wrong and we're, we're going to do this like is that the kind of the mindset you took then? Yeah, like I hate to lose at anything, whether it be a, a burping contest, a spitting contest, right. you know, you name it. I hate to lose. And so even going up against those teams, I, I, you know, you walk out of a loss and it's not just like, eh, oh, well, it was going to happen. We know right. it. It, just, it still sucks. It still hurts. Right. And so being told that, I kind of was just holding on the hope that I knew when I got on uh, that there had been a little bit of a talk, a little bit of a swirl of, we were eventually going to go to right. three classes. And that was the first thing I, when I asked after I'd gotten hired and because uh, John's actually on the co- committee, Regatius is, and he was saying that this year would be a, probably be a discussion, shut down, turn down, and then in two years we would be looking at three-class system. And all of a sudden uh, it just took uh, got a lot of support. And next thing yes. we know, here it is. And it was like, holy cow, this, this passed and yes. this year? Yes. Yes. And it was like, okay. So it was the hope. Because uh, I knew, you know, again, when you have Avon and Brownsburg girls, that, that if you don't play that travel, that high level, you don't, you're not going to be a starter. So, right. Um, and you might not even make the team if you don't play some type of travel. Right. Um, so, it's expected. It, it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck, but it's right. definitely expected. Right. But having the hope really helped me to to kind of cope with the idea that we would never win against these teams. <laughs> How do you? All right. So it seemed like coming into this year, you were motivated, coming off of just some heartbreakers. And next season, you're coming off of the best season you've ever had, the school's ever had, a uh, sectional title win. I mean, how do you motivate going into next year? Right. So um, I'll probably talk about this, especially at the, the banquet here in a couple weeks, that, you know, you can't expect this every year and you, because things do have to fall perfectly. And you have, for ha- to have that happen, you have 20 other teams you have to play that would have to be um, at the same level every year. And so you're going to get people come in, people leave. And uh, so you can't expect to, to win 90% of your games every single year. Right. Um, this, the goal is still going to be the same to, to try and compete to win a conference, compete to win a sectional title. Um, and like I said, the others are just wins and losses. Yes, it's nice to win those games. Right. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning those titles. Cool. Very cool. Anything else from the coaching perspective you got, Matt? No, I guess in general. Well, I guess at the high school, is there anything as far as like how high school soccer in general, doesn't necessarily have to be boys or girls, that you would like to see change, I guess, whether it be just from a rule standpoint or you just look at it and say, eh, that's kind of silly. Can we do something about that? Or is there anything that you would like to see change in high school soccer? Um, I mean, we've, we've got a new offsides rule this year that, that – it does. The ball is placed where it's touched after the person's offsides. Whenever it's touched, right. so I think teams could use that 
to their advantage. Um, you know, there's been a, a, t a little bit of talk about, and a lot of different coaches have different opinions about a timeout. Um, that would be interesting. I'm actually glad you, you brought that up because it, I was at the Shatar game. I came to the Shatar game. Okay. And, you know, they, they tied it up going to halftime, and then they take that 2-1 lead. And, you know, in basketball and football, you can kind of, you know, take that timeout, gather, rally the troops, and be like, hey, it's okay, we got to do this, we got to do that. But in soccer, it's, it's constant. Like, there's no point in, in time. So, so is it hard? Like, is that timeout something that you guys as coaches yeah. all would like? Yeah, I'm gonna say one thing here, and you're gonna you're gonna smile about, but uh, the uh, Lafayette Jeff game. Yeah. How much would have? Uh, hey, hang on. Agreed. Relax. You guys are freaking out. Right. <laughs> and I mean, because what I mean, because you goals. only get halftime. You only get halftime to be able to correct, and it's a 10 minute halftime. Right. To correct an entire 40 minutes of what's going on, and you're talking strategically. You're talking uh, just what a guy or a girl's doing. Mm -hmm. And then you're not even talking about the mental side of it. Right. Yeah. We got lucky. You know, we ended up losing the game uh, in our, our sectional game against Northwest. Um, you know, we had a player put an own goal in. And, I mean, in that moment, it was it – was, we were able to get him out, have a conversation, and get him back in. But you're correct. A full team – I mean, because that blows up your whole team. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, when, when the uh, – the, you know, the, the – when the cart's falling apart, it'd be nice just to stop and say, hey, let's regroup. What's going on? Right. Relax. Everything's okay. Right. Um, yeah, you talk about in basketball, the team scores three threes in a row or oh, yeah. ten well, points well, straight. Well, you're a like, killer. Ah. So, um, yeah, it would be interesting. We vote on it every year, and every year it gets shot down um, just because I think we're pretty set in our ways for right. what uh, American soccer <laughs> is. And so – because uh, we're following what, what everyone else does around the world. So I don't know if that'll ever yeah. necessarily come in, but it, w it would make things interesting. I think it would be a game changer for some of our, right. our games. Even if it's just like one per game or right. one per half mm -hmm. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, that's, I, I didn't know that that was something that was voted mm -hmm. on. That would be very interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I tell you, as a basketball coach, like you learn to be very strategic with your timeouts. Like You, you know when to take them, when not to like. At the end of a game, especially, it's like if I got the ball and I I want to make sure guys are in the right spot, I'm going to take my time out. Mm -hmm. So I figure, like in any sport, whether you use it just as slow momentum right. or you know get people in the right spots in a crucial time, I, I think it'd be huge. Yeah, I mean you could set up a set play. Yeah. Especially if it's the end of the game and you're right. down one goal. Right. <laughs> I, you know, if we talk about it. I don't know if I want it though. Yeah. I don't know. There's you're something there is, you know, but there's something about the flow. There's something about, like, it is it is the true player sport. I mean, mm -hmm. like, there's little that you and I can do. I mean, there's stuff that we can do, but I don't know. A timeout would be a Yeah, I don't know if you, a lot of times, especially if you get any wind. Anyways, if you're trying to yell to someone across the field, a lot of times they don't hear you anyways. Right. I mean, depending on how the wind's blowing, right. if they're even paying any attention to what's going on around them, and nothing. I'm pretty it, loud. <laughs> I'm pretty loud. I'm sure you've heard me yelling. A, a couple times, yeah. I'm yeah. sure, so... Uh, I'm glad you brought up, like, just kind of U.S. soccer in general. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm assuming you watch uh, So, Sean, Sean and I watched the Trinidad and Tobago game together. Okay. We won't talk about that game specifically. But do you feel like – why do you think, I guess, soccer with the, the millennials is becoming more popular? 
Have you thought about it? I haven't really thought about it. I mean, in general, with U.S. soccer, I still think we're behind everyone else. And, and, I mean, I think that with the programs that we have, we need to make adjustments because when you get to that level, it's like, why are we falling behind and these other teams are getting stronger? Right. Um, I think, did you guys see the, uh, it was, was it the U18? Yeah, there's some good players on, on there. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to do more as a, as a nation if we're going to compete with these. Because these, that's the football of every other, right. almost yes. every other country, right. really. Right. And so uh, I think we need to do something to, uh, and it is, it's growing. It's awesome. Soccer is growing in America. Right. No, no joke. Three classes here. Right. It's evident. I, we will go to four at some point. Uh, who knows when, but it will happen eventually as we grow and get more schools that right. have more support. Right. Um, I think we're on, we're on our way, but we need to get our kids to be able to play a little more more higher level soccer right. all around. Right. I think. Totally agree. All right, let's just do a couple of rapid fire questions. What's your favorite sports movie of all time? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a tough one. I right. got a lot of sports movies. I because I, I we'll love... give you top three. I'll give you top three. I love it. He's got so many things. I know. To it's rattle like, on his I know. I'm right trying now. to think. Uh, remember the Titans. Okay. Love and basketball. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna say Space Jams. Oh. Nice. <laughs> yes. Nice. Very I love nice. it. That. No, I mean, yeah. There's, there's so many I could say. It's just. I mean, horror movies and sports movies, I, I love them. Horror Okay, okay, so Halloween right around the corner. What's your favorite mm-hmm. horror movie then? Or what, what's the go-to? Like, the one you got to watch every year. Halloween. I mean, okay, the there, original. Yeah, yes. I mean, there's a lot of them. I love, the, I love Night on, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah, Freddie, Jason, and Michael Myers are my every year got to watch on AMC. Michael Myers, to me, is still the creepiest bad guy ever. Have you seen Get Out? Is it the... The old guy it's, in the it's dark? It's a new one. It's a newer one. Uh, I forget who stars in it, but I know which movie you're talking about. It, it, it yeah, ki- it's kind of like a throwback. Yeah, it's I don't want to give anything away. From what I've understood, it's kind of like a throwback type horror movie. I think you would like it. I think you would like it. It would be worth your time. I did to see it uh, probably four or five weeks ago. Was that good? Uh, it I lived up to the it. hype. Yeah. Oh, really? If you've seen it, yeah, the original was good. This one is, is really good. Yes. Okay. Uh, what's your guilty pleasure musically, like band or artist? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, not so much anymore, but I've always been a Little Wayne guy, especially when preparing for, <laughs> for games and such. Uh, so I, I'm guilty, and my, my girls would say I'm a dork. So. Can't wait. Right. I hope they, I hope they listen. <laughs> what is your favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream... Oh, let's see. Yeah, I love ice cream too. So you're just it's, yeah. So all these tough decisions. <laughs> um, I'd probably have to say like a peanut butter parfait. I don't even know what that means. That's a Dairy Queen thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, peanut butter par- parfait. Get one peanut butter buster parfait. Mm-hmm. Get one next time you go. Okay, sounds good. You're not allergic to nuts, are you? I am not. Okay, <laughs> then there we go. Uh, I had one other one and I can't think of it right now. Oh, you're wearing a baseball shirt, but you've talked basketball too. What is your favorite sport to watch? Other than soccer. Uh, or is soccer even your favorite sport to watch? No, it's not. I okay. mean, and you talk about any of the... I mean, it's got to be international for me to watch it, honestly. So, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I just... I, just I got a club, too, so I don't <laughs> have any problems <laughs> Right. Um, I'd say basketball and college basketball. Um, My guy right there. I honestly won't watch a lot of NBA anymore. I mean, 
I will some because again I love all sports. Yes. Um, Blackhawks to a hockey, you name it. I, I yeah. golf on a Sunday. I'll watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I, uh, I'd say Duke basketball is probably what I would religiously watch. I'll yeah. watch the Yankees every once in a while, and then when it comes to playoffs, I'll watch every right. every game. Um, and Colts are hard to watch right now. Right. But uh, I'd say diehard would probably be uh, Duke basketball. Yeah, I, I keep hoping that somebody's going to come through and give me some tickets to the IU game, but I don't I don't think that's happening. No. Not, well, don't let them know you're a Duke fan, and they might. Well. They might, true. true. So I'm just saying... I'm, I'm an IU fan, so I'm actually looking forward to that game this year. Yeah, I wish I could go too. Sean, thank you for your time, and hopefully uh, you just have a great time celebrating with your team yeah, at the pleasure's banquet mine. and uh, getting ready for the next season. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.